Hello and welcome to Off Their Shelf Reviews. I found this movie incredibly boring. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Wolfen, which released in 1981. Based on the book by Whitley Strieber, co-written by Whitley Strieber and David Iyer, and directed by Michael Wadley. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Detective Dewey Wilson, played by Albert Finney. He's been asked to investigate some murders that have happened around an abandoned church recently. As Wilson's investigation deepens, he starts to realise that something supernatural and something lupine might be going on in the streets of New York. Dewey, I told you, man. It's all in the head. So this is one of those films with a very troubled production. Yeah. Uh, production was stopped, I think, a couple of points during the making of this film. And the director was removed uh, from the set towards the end of production when he was doing reshoots. And then, of course, also removed during the editing process. <laughs> After the director handed in, the film is two hours long, but the director handed in a four and a half hour draft to the studio and went, this is the final film. To which the studio said no. Nope. To which the director claimed ownership of final cut of the film. To which the studio had a huge falling out with him, even mm -hmm. more so. Yeah. And subsequently the film had a very small theatrical release because the studio got cold feet. They thought they had a dud on the hands so they didn't waste money putting it in every cinema. Yeah. So it kind of just whimpered out. Yeah. Strangely enough, though, uh, some high-profile actors were interested in working in this originally. Dustin Hoffman, the only time, I think, in his career that he was rejected wow. the role yeah. of of Dewey Wilson. And that was because the director was just like, Dustin, you're great, but uh, uh, Finney, he's actually my favourite actor of all time, so right. uh, I'm going to hire him. So I think it's the only time Dustin's been rejected, Yeah, which I and thought was interesting. Luckily for him. Aye. <laughs> but it's worth noting, this director not really directed anything for ten years leading up to this film, and of course as a result of the trouble he had with the studio, yeah. never directed a film for Hollywood after this either. So this makes it his only movie... Uh, that has a narrative because he did direct a bunch of documentaries, right. most famously the Woodstock one. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, I am just going to be honest and put it out there. I fell asleep in this movie twice and I was really trying. I, I do try every time we put a film on. I always try. I, I try not to wiki it, you know, I get myself comfy. I get my pen and my notepad all ready and I take my time to really study the movie as 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 a, as you want us to you know review it and so i'll be honest this movie was boring as fuck and this i i know gary's just said about all the trouble that they they went through trying to get the movie made but man this movie tried to go up against the howling and american werewolf in london in the same year yeah i think this film it came out it. <laughs> it came out in that wave of 80s uh, werewolf movies and this film i feel has been uncategorized uh, unfairly categorized yeah. in the werewolf genre when this film doesn't have any right i believe being in there because the werewolves are just red herrings within this movie yeah yeah i wouldn't categorize this as a werewolf movie i mean we've got the whole idea of shape shifters but we don't ever really see any and there's uh, a you know underlying kind of storyline along with uh, edward james almost character eddie holt 
that you know these Native American Indians can shapeshift into you know wolves at night when they choose to but we start off the film with what like some rich guy you know getting into his limo um and taking his way out no taking his girlfriend out to some place in battery park i think it is like dead of the i think they were they were married yeah yeah well i mean they must have because she was snorting cocaine with him in the limo so <laughs> that right. looked okay um but we'd had this we'd also had this kind of weird sequence with edward james almost in one of his indian buddies on top of the bridge like swinging that thing that crocodile Dundee uses to right. fucking make a phone call <laughs> and then we see them on the same bridge as this limo comes past with this rich guy in and they smash he throws a bottle at it, he yeah. He throws a bottle at it. He doesn't really do any damage, and nobody really cares, because they carry on driving. Well, I'm sure the next driver that comes along over the broken glass will probably care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but they stop, and they're, they're walking around, and you keep cutting as well back to some kind of strange, like, security room, um, where all these people are talking about this, this guy, this Van Der Veer, you know, um, and he's the rich guy, and they're they're, they're kind of, like watching him you know because there is bodyguard and all that kind of stuff but i'm like this is really shit because these three people are just stood out in the middle of fucking nowhere in the dark there's no way you could get to them in any time if something bad's going to happen which i know it's going to happen because the film keeps cutting to this weird thermal wolf vision wolf vision we'll call it i suppose because that's basically what it is it's trying to tell us that the wolves or the spirit of the wolves or whatever these fucking things are that are are annoyed have come to kill this rich guy and they do they bite the hand off his bodyguard when he tries to pull a gun out and i i want to make it sound exciting i want to say it was great the special effects were great it wasn't well, I think the introduction to this film is really strong. I think it's very well edited with some superb cinematography, steady cam work, okay. especially on the bridge sections. Yeah, the yeah, camera yeah. follows follows Eddie up and around before he throws the bottle. Uh, I really thought that the editing was quite good from the POV vision back to the couple, back to the environment, back to the security guard watching on yeah. or the bodyguard. Uh, and of course, all of this is is really elevated by the superb James Horner soundtrack. Uh, it really makes you feel tense that uh, and it builds up that suspense that an attack is imminent. And of course, as the POV camera with the thermal vision, which is one of the earliest, if not the first movie to not just have POV, but have a thermal vision indicator. Yeah. That what we were watching is from the from the, the Wolfen. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think leading up to the deaths, it, it was it was quick. It was sharp. It was sudden. We see him get thrown up against this post bleeding. Uh, we see her panicked momentarily. We see the security guard's hand fly off. It's kind of comical. Yeah. yeah uh, but yeah. then uh, the shot back to his hand still twitching with the gun before we end the scene i was like it was quick it was brief uh there was a, a little bit of blood a little bit of gore not too much uh but i was like that wet my appetite for what i would expect the film then to deliver upon throughout its runtime however we wouldn't get another action moment like this really until the very end of this two hour runtime yeah, yeah. and it, it but it just doesn't for me, it just didn't narratively 
hook me. I was going to say, if it didn't hook you at the beginning, then it, I absolutely understand yeah. where you're coming from. Because, yeah, that's it. Because, like, you've just killed these three people. Why? What? What? You know, I know the investigation is going to deepen. But as Gary just said, over the next two hours, it doesn't delve in enough to make me go, oh, yeah, oh, I fucking get it now. Oh, I did. Yeah. No, what the movie did was it tried to imply this werewolf, wolfen fear tactic and not not actually pay off. Imagine, imagine you're watching Halloween, right? And Michael Myers follows you around for an hour and a half and doesn't kill anybody. Oh, actually, I'm talking about Halloween ends now, aren't I? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't kill anybody. You have to wait until the very end for him to kill somebody. And then even then, when he kills somebody, he walks off. Because that's how this movie's going to go. We got Albert Finney, though. Albert Finney, I, I, I want to say he's a great actor, but actually, in fairness, when I was wikiing him, everything leading up to the 80s is really noticeable. It's oh. everything actually after that I was just like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know, you know, like, like you, you remember his role in Big Fish? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely amazing, Big, Big Fish. Do you remember his role in Looker? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only we do. Um... But he's actually he's actually been suspended off of the force because he gets called back, and so he's he's going around and he's buying shopping, and then he gets called back, um, and so he turns up um, at the crime scene still carrying his shopping, he's still eating his food. The other still detective's like, food. "How can you eat that shit?" And he's like, "Well, it settles my stomach when I've got to look at these crime scenes." Yeah, and he's got his buddy there as well. Um, played by Gregory Hines, playing Whittington. Yeah. Uh, who's just, like, most of the time listening to his music, doing his own thing. Um, and he I... explains, like, don't know what caused these wounds. But it also leads up to quite a... It's, it, it sets up a, a comedic moment, yeah. I, I felt. Yeah. Where he's just... He's talking about decapitation. Yeah. Because like, looking at the wife's body, we don't see it. <laughs> we don't he's see like, it. the head is hanging off. It's fucking... What could have done that? Bullshit. So he talks about how the French guillotine and how sometimes, like, one in five heads, you yeah. would still have, like, a minute of life in them before the there's no oxygen going to the brain. Yeah. And they would still try to talk. Yeah. Um, and then... He gets up and walks away with Dewey and he calls over to the other police like, watch that, oh no. And we hear the two other police officers go, ah, as they've just dropped the head. The head's fallen off the body. And I was like, they've not shown it, but you hear it in the background. He's just like. Be careful with her. Uh, Yes. It's unintentionally funny. I found that the whole conversation that they were having about the decapitation funny because I'm not seeing any horror from the head. So all I'm getting are these two actors trying to act like what they're seeing is really horrific. But they're also so experienced at, at their job as being police officer and coroner. They're not terrified by it. They're just like, hey, look, her head's hanging off. Man, the French used to do this thing with a guillotine. Thank you, Gregory Hines. <laughs> yeah. I needed that information. Well, apparently Albert Finney uh, decided uh, to be- befriend him sort of offset so that they would build That's... up a relationship that would come across on screen. Yeah. It looks like they've worked with each other for a yeah. long time. So it, it felt natural. And the fact that they weren't in like police uniforms... They were kind of like the outcasts well, of, of the, the police force. Well, that's the thing. You, I mean, you say it felt natural. For me, it kind of actually felt unnatural that way because oh. they were so they, friendly. It wasn't off. professional or well, it wasn't? No, no, no. They're so friendly off, off set that they now bring that friendliness onto the set. But the narrative and the way that the film has been edited or directed or whatnot 
you don't get that these two guys are friends for a really long time. Okay. You know, so actually it felt like, like I said, unnaturally, like they were really, really friendly for like two strangers. <laughs> you know, you know, fucking Wilson. This is the first time Wilson's ever met the coroner and the coroner's just talking to him about decapitations. <laughs> like he's known him for fucking years. I mean, it's like, like when um, you get introduced to Rebecca Neff. You know, the other detective that's been assigned to work with Wilson. I, I must have missed part of the dialogue because the head of the security force, who's obviously just lost Vanderveer and he's really upset, he he purposely picks her out to work with Wilson. Yeah. Because she's an expert in her field and right. thinks that she will be an asset in figuring out what's going on. I That's, that's what threw me off because <clears> I was just like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. That the security force, who has nothing to do with the police force, can pick the people to actually investigate the murder of their boss. Well, I don't know the specifics. But all I do know is it does lead to even more red herrings. Because, I mean, this is what this <laughs> film is now. It, it's a police procedural trying to figure out, yeah. like, who done it and how they did it and what with. Because they're like, like the, 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 we, we go to the coroner's office and there's a small cameo here. Yeah. Uh, actually, not a cameo. Uh, early appearance of Reginald Vell Johnson, yeah, who plays yeah. Al Powell Al in Die Hard, is yeah. in there. Um, but they're just like, we don't know how these people died because if it was a bladed weapon yeah like the silver no would have left trace metal you know so it's like would it have been plastic would it have been synthetic what would have had the force to do this you're saying that just seemed really bullshitty dialogue as well it's just like well i mean it basically looks like she had her throat clawed out right because or or bitten off by a wolf because you know that's what the, the, the movie's fucking called Wolfen, you know, and he's like, oh, I don't know what caused that. I'm like, you're a fucking coroner. You never seen animal scratches before in your whole fucking life. Could it be? It, definitely not a blade, you know, because it would have left metal. But I don't think it's any type of claws. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Well, that's why we have to go and see Tom Noonan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's our wolf expert. What a wasted performance on Tom Noonan. I don't know. I thought I he brought Tom a little Noonan. bit of heart to this. And he, of he course he did. Because he's Tom fucking it, Noonan, it, well, yeah, exactly. dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just, I just, I really felt for him when he was playing back the videos and just watching these these wolves yeah, get absolutely uh, yeah. assassinated. Uh, by these, you know, poachers in helicopters. Yeah. Uh, and he's crying. And so, yeah, he's uh, like, you know what? I'm, you know, after, like, giving his, divulging as much information as he can to Albert Finney and helping him on his investigation. Yeah. He, he rides out in the middle of the night one time well, to find it, the wolves. Because he, he can hear the wolves howling while he's watching the programs. Like they're... Like, like they're calling to like him? they're calling to him. So yeah. then he purposely goes out of his way to go and find them. And then he gets terrified because he sees them. We don't. Or we don't. <laughs> like, we don't even see any of the fucking wolf vision. But he's just like, I need to ride away now. And he rides away, and then something takes him off the bike. Yeah, clothesline. <laughs> Poor. Oh, well, thanks, Tom Noonan, for turning up. Yeah, you did You did help make 20 minutes of this film go by much faster. You didn't give us anything, because it's actually the coroner who actually does investigate it and go, oh, by the way, I think I may have actually found some lupine hair. Because, like I said, we've got, we've got Rebecca Neff and we've got uh, Wilson uh, running off uh, to investigate, because... I mean, I can't even. I can't even take the time to actually try to recollect most of the story. So, uh, spoilers. 
There's a bro there's a burnt down church in the middle of the fucking city that the fucking Vanderveer, the rich guy, wanted to tear down because obviously he's a property developer and he wants to develop it. But the magical wolf magical wolves live in the fucking burnt out church, which I read was actually a building that they uh, it's not actually a building, it's actually a set building that they built up. Okay. And and actually didn't had it uh damaged inside that location because obviously all the other buildings had been destroyed demolished or in the process of yeah yeah, so it looked like really really well well run down um but the wolf spirits live in this church and they eat the destitute and the homeless like we see like a, a a drunk get eaten don't we that's right yeah he kind of gets lured to uh, um, a rubble pile yeah. near the church because there's a baby crying because that's what they do they they lure you away with noises and they they eat him so that brings the death count up to four you know <laughs> that, that these wolves have killed um but neff and wilson go to investigate the church and she gets lured up the stairs by a crying baby but fucking wilson actually hears a wolf cry, a wolf cry and so he heads up there and it was so fucking funny because he grabs her and he pulls her back. He grabs his partner to pull her away because she's going to get attacked by these wolves. And the two of them tumble down the stairs. Yeah. I'm like, was that intentional? Or did you accidentally fall down the stairs? Because they <laughs> slow motion. You yeah. just watch them tumble down the stairs. <laughs> I was like, well, we needed a dramatic moment because we're almost like the midpoint oh, of the film. Fuck, yeah. So we needed something to happen. Something. And obviously... Nothing really did Something, happen. No. I mean, they they uh, they develop this romance between these two. They eventually go off and have this awkward sex encounter that the uh, wolves, that the wolves watch. The wolves watch, yeah. And so we're getting the weird noises on top. While all this is going on, though, <laughs> Dewey decides to go and investigate uh, Edward James Olmos, yeah. who, of course, we know is suspect because right at the beginning he was one of the ones that was throwing stuff. At the rich people at yeah. the start, and we've seen him, you know, with the other Native Americans, sort of uh, like hanging around nearby, and uh, he uh, he's also has a criminal past. Yeah. So he yeah. calls him up on the database, and we have this, uh, all these other red herrings where they're interviewing the niece of yeah. the guy who died, and they're doing voice checks and thermal checks to find like out if they're lying. Ecological warriors that they that's think right. have killed Vanderveer as well. So that's so why he's like come a... up as a suspect. Yeah. And uh, he follows him all the way up the bridge uh, to converse with him and basically try to find out what's going on. Mm. And Eddie... Is uh, is is you know, he carries on being incredibly suspect when he talks about shape shifting and uh, he ends up uncuffing his safety harness and tells him to just free your mind, yeah, be like an yeah. eagle, and just jump off the bridge. <laughs> Go on, Dewey, just flap your arms and jump. It's easy. Go on. It's all in the head. No, Edward James. But, uh, was. He was incredibly intense in this this scene, and of course, if you suffer from heights or vertigo, yeah. you know it's a it's a very very tense moment as uh, eventually they they part ways. So it was just like okay, so it would seem like the Native Americans are the wolfen or the ones shape shifting into werewolves at, yeah, this, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, Spoilers, they're not. Well, he ends up finding Eddie a little bit later on in the middle of the night and uh, he starts following him. His granddad's giving him that thing. Put that's that thing right. in his mouth. He's that's tripping right. balls. So it was just like, okay, so maybe that's going to... Because it's a full moon. They know oh. it's the full moon. So yeah. we're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So Dewey follows Eddie to the pier and Eddie strips off 
Yeah. Completely naked. Yeah. And then he gets down on the ground and he starts using his knuckles to leave paw prints. Yeah. And he starts lapping up the water. Oh, and then he starts nice. running around feral beast mode and naked. he chases after Dewey. Naked. And then he's just like, hey, it's all in your mind. And walks off. Naked. That was a naked Admiral Dama there. Edward James almost running around. It's like the best and most shocking thing in this whole fucking movie for me. Like, I, if I ever think of Wolfen again, it's going to be a naked Edward James almost. Lasting impression, yeah. Nothing else does anything. Because, like you said, this whole... This whole sequence is like a red herring. Like you've been building up. Exactly. You, the you're waiting America. a full-on American Werewolf in London transformation Same right in front thing. of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a red herring. Yeah. Not really. Not really shapeshifters. No. Um. And this this is it. Like we we've had Neff and Wilson getting together with their relationship, which once again the the, the writing for both of them was just bad. That I didn't care that they got together or not. You know, like that first kind of meeting that they had in the office, and he was just sat there smoking his cigar and he offers her a drink and she's like thanks and she walks off i'm like was that sexual tension <laughs> was it because i don't care and then you've got the sex sequence where they've got the horrible noises on top and the wolves are watching and you're like <laughs> um, well, i want to get to the uh, other other weird horrible noises yeah, uh, yeah. in the film but um Dewey and his friend uh, Whittington yeah. go down at night to the sort of rubble, the wasteland part yeah. of the city the that's church, being, yeah. being redeveloped, and they they set up with uh, with with sound sensors and r rifles with huge scopes on them mm -hmm. to uh, to find these wolves and, and shoot and kill them. Yeah, essentially, and, because uh, that's what detectives and coroners do. They don't right. call the fucking animal prevention control but Whittington's getting bored he's eating his chips yeah. and uh, and Dewey just ends up like breaking position and goes wandering off yeah and then before we know it Whittington turns around and he's being attacked by a wolf he's screaming for help and by the time Dewey gets there his friend is dead yeah and so he also gets attacked and he ends up wandering off to the bar yeah yeah where, where Eddie the and the rest of his work friends are yeah. and he kind of just sits there and Eddie says you have the eyes of a dead man, yeah. not the eyes of a hunter. Yeah. And talks about how the Native Americans lived in harmony with the wolves. And when the white man came, yeah. essentially, and caused all the destruction uh, to, to both them and the wolves, there was sort of a hybrid that now existed uh, called the wolfen. Yeah. It's not man, it's not wolf, it's wolfen. And these are territorial. And if they're... Territory is being threatened, like with the rich guy who wants to redevelop the land. Yeah. These wolves are now, or the wolf, I'm sorry, are now striking out to defend their territory. And then they all make pigeon noises. Yeah. And they wear pigeons. <laughs> it was so bizarre. And then the I, film just goes, we're going to fade out now. Like I said, I'd been struggling since the beginning of this movie. So by this point in the movie, I really did not give a fuck what the story was telling me. Yeah. Like there were so, I, like I was, I was digging plot holes in the plot holes that I was finding in the plot holes of the movie. You know, I was just making, I was trying to, I was trying to make the story work. But like you said, the whole back history from Edward James Olmos, even his just great presence and trying to deliver it, 
It didn't make any sense. Like these wolves have been living in this church all this time or they've been living around this area all this time eating people but we never notice them because they're invisible and the people that they eat are invisible and they're, they're actually, homeless nobody cares for nobody them cares for them so like they're that, actually yeah. they're good for society they're cleaning up our garbage yeah i guess um and once he's left the cafe um dewey meets up with neff and he meets up with the police captain and the wolves turn up yeah and for the grand finale <laughs> yeah, which I was like really surprised because the movie had been such bullshit that the, this, all of a sudden this final finale comes up and it's like, intensity, engage. And I'm like, really? Where? Where? Because he tells the captain, don't run, don't run. Well, the captain's trying to re reach for his weapon yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and he, re he reaches for his gun and then he gets his gun, the wolf bites his hand off. Well, he runs off, doesn't he, to the car. To the car. And he gets his hand bitten off, he gets in the car and then there's a wolf behind him. So he gets out of the car and then the wolf decapitates him. Decapitates him. And we get the shot of his head on the ground still trying to talk. Set up and pay off. And fucking, fucking Dewey pulls out his gun. Two shots blows up the whole fucking car. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, explosions and fire Yeah, and like, death. what the fuck? And then they they, they, they desperately run uh, back to their apartment up. building. They get into the elevator. There's the whole panic of well, hitting it. the buttons. They head up to Van Der Veer's um, office. And we'd seen it a couple of times because it had a weird like mirror crystal kind of artsy fartsy fucking thing set up. <laughs> so now when they get up, up, up into the office, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting there. And then the wolves break in. And we've got this white wolf and we've got this black wolf. And... I was saying to Gary, I didn't understand why there was a white wolf and there was a black wolf. It felt like there was a whole storyline thing going on. Two and a half hours being cut. I'd being probably cut. imagine so. You know, because it seemed like it seemed like there was a good wolf and a bad wolf where they were working together because they're territorial. Because that's it. These wolves have not turned into humans. They've not turned back. You know, they turned into anything. They just seem to appear at night. They they appear magical of some type. Um, Neff notices the one of the wolves. I think it's a really cool shot where you can see in the sort of the broken yeah sort the of wolf thing. stuff's the, all great because the, the, the real wolves yeah, the real wolves, real wolves. exactly. Um, which which are wild and untrained, and they had apparently, according to the director, uh, police sharpshooters stationed everywhere to shoot these things should the worst happen. Yeah. Thankfully, there's no Nothing reports did. of anything going uh, that way. But yeah, when you see them wildly, like uh, barking and howling in close proximity, yeah, uh, it, it it looks uh, frightening. Um, but yeah, the wolves surround Neff and uh, and and Dewey, and. We see the wolfen vision looking at Dewey, but then we see Dewey looking at the wolf back again. Yeah. But then when Dewey looks at the wolf, we see it in wolfen vision. Yeah. And so it's as if Dewey has now become wolfen. Yeah. And so he ends up emptying his gun, lowering the gun, and then starts smashing the plans for the city, yes, yes, which the wolves right. you know, want to see destroyed. And so there's kind of a truce there. And so yeah. then the wolves go to leave... I think as the police force turn up, guns blazing, but the wolves kind of fade out they of the disappear. room. They, they, they disappear. Because they must have the twenty a fucking floor. Right, so I don't know how they came in or out the windows. Maybe they use the elevators. Maybe, yeah, who knows? But we do see them still in the streets of New York. City, They're yeah. still there. They're still protecting their territory. And uh, then it also fades with 
uh, with Eddie and his and his gang on the bridge still. And, so we're just and, like, do they know? Do and, who knows? Yeah, and fucking uh, Dewey is actually giving like this whole like narration over it uh, and justifying that the wolves will still be there. You know, and and they, 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 they basically the case is closed, and you know they just kind of put, brushed it under the carpet. And I'm like, it's a cautionary tale to uh, to 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 not spread mankind's urban you know pollution into nature. It's fucking bullshit because the walls don't fucking exist. Oh, well, in the book ending, yeah, uh, the whole world finds out about the wolves, and it implies that they would be exterminated. <laughs> so it's a bit of a different ending. Okay. Bit of a different ending. Yeah. Ian, did you have any uh, favourite scenes? Nope. Oh. No. Um, I got nothing. Like I said, I barely remembered the movie because nothing fucking happened. No, no, nothing. Even the special effects of some of the kills aren't even worth talking about. I enjoyed Halloween 5 more than I enjoyed this movie. And I almost, almost, because it was the fucking wolf vision, wasn't it? I almost wanted to watch Halloween fucking 7. New moon <laughs> rising of this because at least down there that I I got what the wolf vision was doing in this the wolf vision is up close far away he's got it they've got it she's listening and it was it just seemed like they it seemed like the director came across this really cool feature and was just like oh how much can I use this because yeah the audience is gonna love this because I love it because I love Albert Finney and I'm like no no Albert Finney he's a great actor he's fucking wasted on on the same as Tom Noonan he's wasted on this none of the actors did really, really well, but that's because that's their job, you know. They gave their characters absolutely everything because their character actually didn't have fucking anything to work with. Uh, the wolf effects were really well done, but there's not much you can't not do with real fucking wolves. Um, it, I, I, I don't even want to say Edward James almost naked running around on beach is a favourite scene because it's going to traumatise me for the rest of my fucking life. Gary? I thought the uh, the whole first four to five, ten minutes of the film was really exciting and really well done. Uh, I thought there was some really great cinematography, some okay gore. I thought the the uh, the cool hand twitching on the gun was pretty pretty sweet. Uh, some some really good editing. I thought the sound effects and sound design was good, uh, and of course the music score by by James Horner, who apparently was also hired last minute. Uh, when when he was hired, they told him you have twelve days to write and record the score for the film because then the film is going out into theatres because they'd already fired the original composer. Right, right. But we already said that he basically uses the Aliens and Wrath of Khan yeah. soundtrack in this. So did it in this, did it originally come from here and then go into yes. Wrath of Khan and then, and then into Aliens? Aliens? Yeah, so here we're hearing the unrefined version. But I was like, but it's still... You still hear aliens more than anything He's when you watch this ass film. motherfucker, that James Horner. <laughs> yeah, he got paid a whole movie salary of doing the score. And he just went, I was going to reuse this. I was going to reuse this. Nobody ever watched Wolfen. But it's like, well, I mean, if it's already fantastic, like, why mess with it? Just keep using the same score for every movie, James. All right. I thought the bridge scene was pretty exciting uh, with uh, with Eddie and uh, and Dewey, uh, especially when he takes the the harness restraint off and yeah. teases him about altering your perceptions and just jumping off like an eagle. Uh, I thought the uh, intimidation tactics worked really well and it really set it up, you know, positively that Eddie was a werewolf of some kind. Uh, of course, he's not, but the scene set it up well <laughs> enough. 
Edward James Olivos running around naked. Fuck off. Growling and howling and baying at the moon. Uh, It's not a favorite scene, but like Ian said, you're never going to forget it. Um, I really like the the, the police uh, guy at the end when he sees the wolves and just goes, God fucking damn. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, yeah, now you believe it. Now you believe it. And then of course he runs off and loses his hand, gets decapitated and yeah, that was fun. There was also one other scene that I thought was uh, was pretty comical, uh, other than the the scene where the the other victim's head rolls off off screen. <laughs> yeah. um, is when he's uh, at the hot dog vendor and he's with Neff and Neff's talking about all of these uh, killings yeah. or practices. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, what Walls Walls do? He's chewing on this this hot dog, a mouthful of hot dog. Yeah. She's just like, yeah. And these others, they they cut off the the, the cock and balls straighter. and shove them in their mouths. Yeah. And he's just he looks over at the vendor and he's just like. Mm, Okay. But he's just eating. He's eating at the coroner's office. He's eating when all these macabre things are being described yeah. to him. And I was like, it's kind of like a little gag that runs through the film. Ian, do you recommend Wolfen? No, no, I can't. I, I don't think I've got anything more to say about this movie that I haven't already said. It was boring, tedious, a waste of my time. And I could name five werewolf movies that are fucking way superior to this werewolf movie and half of them are fucking shit like fucking jack nicholson's wolf is better than this it's just it's a waste of time no gary well i think there's quite a bit in here uh, within wolfen that deserves a recommendation on a technical level but not on a personal recommendation wolfen was for me Always bundled in with werewolf movies, so expectations are high. And this film massively disappoints as no transformation scene, no familiar mythology, and no werewolves. So the film feels devoid of those horror thrills and instead forces the message of over-urbanisation and our destruction of nature... Uh, resulting in the Wolfen defending its land amongst a myriad of red herrings within the film. Now, I think it works really well as a crime thriller or a slow burn detective story with some interesting side characters whom you care about as they die throughout the narrative. Albert Finney was great. He provided some good depth to his character and he was engaging enough to follow through the runtime. Always great to see Edward James Olmos. Maybe a bit too much this time now. (laughs) The score by James Horner is really great. It's near fantastic. And you'll have heard most of it from his other movies anyway. But it really makes an impact here. And and it leaves an impression. So yeah, I'm not a super fan of Wolfen. uh, And I've not recommended it for the longest time. As I found it mostly boring, slow and lacking thrills. But it has a good atmosphere, great shots and music, and a cool final scene, making it worth a watch. It will tear your scream from your throat. There is no defence. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. Careful with her. Uh, yeah. Yes.